Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 6th of December 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 362. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 18 days until Christmas. I think I've got seven layers on. I've just been using the uh, Argos Simple Value Radiator to uh, bring some heat to this corner of the room. I'm actually recording on Sunday because Monday's very busy for me. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow, so recording today makes it easy. I won't be releasing the show, though, until Monday morning. Double-socked, long johns. I'm aware that I'm wearing a lot of zipped-up tops, so I've undone the zips. I don't want to be doing an Emily Maitlis. If you watch Newsnight, she tends to be on Mondays to Wednesdays, and there's often an issue with the microphone on Newsnight. And Wondering what it is, I sometimes check the live Newsnight Twitter stream, and I think the viewers are right. There have been several of them who've tweeted in the last week that Emily Maitlis's penchant to uh, make an attempt on a, a French-accented word for long earrings can cause problems with the mic. Her earrings are always knocking against the mic, and I, I was just... Uh, running a, a test on the audio just before recording the show and I could hear some interference and I was uh, sure it was the zips. Couldn't identify which zip, so I've just undone all the zips. It is very cold. Mind you, I haven't been out since Friday. It's been a very quiet weekend, but uh, I've checked outdoors. It's uh, it's wet outside. It is cold. It's uh, it's no easy thing trying to heat up this uh, this big room. So I've just uh, relied on the small radiator for now. I'm going to treat myself to uh, to some heating later on. It's fourteen twenty four hours. A productive week last week because I've got. Uh, I think I mentioned I've got three football interviews in the space of about seven or eight days, and I was really under pressure with those. And I broke the back of them by Friday. I think I was well on the way to breaking the back of them by midweek. So I've done really well to limit myself in terms of the work I had to do this uh, this weekend. I've got the first of the interviews tomorrow morning, Monday, and I've got another one on Tuesday morning. Then I've got another one, I think, on the 14th and then the 21st. I'm going to make sure I don't schedule any more for December because um, it's not easy having to uh, speed read some 300-page book and make notes and prepare all your questions and do all your research. I am looking forward to tomorrow's interview, though, which will be today. Let me just pretend it's Monday. I'm looking forward to uh, this morning's interview, he said, unconvincingly, uh, in term, uh, whatever. Let's just move on. Because it's uh, I'm interviewing a producer, The I think it's the last surviving producer from the days of the big match. It's, it's golden era of the uh, 70s and 80s. So uh, that one was really fun to, uh, to, to research. 
think I'm done now with the birthday cards, thank God, because November was really bad for birthdays. Got some old Christmas cards to send out. Hand-deliver, maybe, given that ATP for a stamp is uh, pretty pricey, disgraceful, I'd say, just to send out a first-class stamp. I'm sure six, seven years ago, a first-class stamp was still very low in terms of price. I don't have many to to send out, but uh, I do have a stock of uh, Christmas cards, which I've had for five or six years. It's indicative of how my stock of friends has has fallen, that uh, I've had no real need to uh, top up the Christmas cards in the last few years. So a quiet weekend. Yesterday, I had a couple of Star Wars football games, which I'll uh, bring to you later as the Christmas Cup got underway. It is peak season, of course, for Star Wars football. Lots of fixtures to get through. The run in last week was pretty disappointing. I'm having to run in the mornings because my Friday as well was messed up. And next Friday, this coming Friday, is also messed up. So it means there's not enough time really to make an attempt on trying to hit that 21k particularly as I'm, you know, running in the mornings and I, I don't want to run at night. I think I'm going to, you know, I think I'd struggle with that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've moaned about the headlamp last week. That's not really going to help. So what I'm just trying to do is stay at a certain level. But at the moment, the last couple of weeks, I've regressed. And Friday, I've done my Monday and Wednesday 6Ks. And on Friday, I thought, well, I should be okay at least for a 15K. That'll take me an hour just after a couple of hours. Uh, sorry, a couple of laps rather. I wish it was a couple of hours after a couple of laps. I just really wasn't up for it. In terms of excuses, possibly I can look at the booster, which I'll come to in a bit. I had my booster on Thursday. I don't know if that played a part. It wasn't that cold. Wednesday, I'd realized that I was running with too many layers. I was wearing five layers. I was also wearing the long johns under the leggings and the shorts. And I thought, I'm not going to be able to tackle a longer distance when I'm wearing so much. So I got rid of the long johns. I got rid of one top, although I was wearing one of the four tops I did wear was a jumper. The other one was a thermal undershirt. And so I was fine there. It wasn't a case of too many layers. I just didn't fancy it. I was just so bored by the run. And initially, what's going on here with this? I've got a new icon that's appeared on this desktop. I've done a year with this desktop, the rebuild last Christmas. It's so slow. My friend has been trying to come back to sort it out for me, which is kind of him, but I just didn't fancy another of those weekends that were lost to IT. What was I talking about? I was talking about the run on Friday. I didn't really fancy it. I just didn't fancy it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The first lap, I thought the first half lap was really good. I really felt fine. In fact, it's probably the the less than half a lap. It's once I've nailed the first climb... And my body's got used to the temperature, whatever the temperature is out there. I'm feeling fine and I'm thinking, I've got this. But by the time I make my way half through that first lap, I start to think, my God, this is boring. And all that positivity that I've gained a few minutes earlier from nailing that first climb, it's just gone. And I once again appreciate how long those laps are of the park and I don't know how I'm going to do it I think physically it's a battle but I think that would go for most runners but it's just mentally mentally I find it so difficult to find any joy in the running the satisfaction comes afterwards it's brilliant it's just about worth it but I I need some of that 
satisfaction to happen on the run. And I don't know how I do that other than making an attempt to try and get to grips with listening to something while I'm running. But I, I just don't want to do that in that park. I like to know who's coming up behind me, particularly in the winter. And I don't really want to be having stuff in my ears. You know, I've got, uh, you know, the long-standing tinnitus problem now, which recording podcasts doesn't exactly help that. So I don't want to be going out with headphones and just making the, the, the problem worse. Hopefully this, well, it won't be this week. It's going to have to be next week. I can try and up the um, run and get it back to where it was a couple of weeks ago this week. If I can just... Uh, try and maintain and not regress any further that will be good a positive yesterday afternoon i'm back to talking as if i'm recording on a sunday which of course i am but i'm trying to pretend i'm recording on a monday saturday afternoon spoke to the uh the fa- uh the face daddy the space daddy regarding uh my short film script he uh, read the second draft he thinks it's almost there now and it's a big uh, big improvement coherent a complete story those were the things he picked up on. So I was pleased about that. And uh, I think I told you guys a few weeks ago that the actual story came to me about 0200 hours. And I was up for two and a half hours that night. Didn't go to sleep until I nailed down the story. It's weird as a creator when the ideas come to you. And when the ideas come to you, experiences taught me no matter what the time, you got to try and nail that idea down, pin it down there and then because that positive moment may disappear forever otherwise. So I'm pleased with that. I've got some notes from him that I won't tackle until tomorrow when I'm in the cafe for a late afternoon writing session. I'll worry about that tomorrow. They're not the easiest notes to follow this time because the script is almost there, but uh, I don't think I'm going to worry about that until tomorrow. Watched the boxing last night. Anthony Yard, Lyndon Arthur. I was really surprised that Yard won. I've just said last night again. On Saturday night, whatever. Move on, hard swallow. Watched uh, Anthony Yard, Lyndon Arthur. I was really surprised at the manner in which Yard finished off Arthur. I really did believe in Arthur. He'd won the first fight on points a year previous. So this was the rematch. Uh, But the way he was put down in the fourth round and I've been trying to see any interviews if there are any interviews with him following the fight I can't see anything it was a real shock the way the fight ended uh, quite disappointing but so I just had the the boxing on for most of the evening doing a bit of reading during some of the undercard there's a there's a young kid who fights he's only 20 years old I've been watching him since he started Dennis McCann who is easily going to win a world title at some point he's uh incredible for his age he's taken on guys 10 15 years older than him he fought a 19 10 year guy a very small guy he's five foot one with these giant shorts and McCann won on points I think um that was a surprise because he does have a habit of finishing people off fairly quickly. The football was on, but I just didn't pay it too much attention. Today, actually, well, uh, well, just giving it away. Giving away constantly that I'm recording on a Sunday. When I thought we'd agreed that I would pretend that I'm recording on a Monday. It's made it easier for me to record on the Sunday afternoon is what I was trying to say because for some reason there's only one live match on TV this afternoon, so uh, which I don't even fancy watching that much. It's very rare that a football match does get my complete attention, which is a strange thing to say for someone who uh, 
also does a football show, but that's uh, remember it's a retro football show. Uh, I could live without football. I really could live without football. If, if you told me that I'm not going to watch football for a year, absolutely fine with it. If you told me that I'm not going to be able to go to the cafe for another year, that I would find very difficult. So it's uh, a case of just having the football on in the background and normally reading the the commentary is normally muted as well. So if I'm not reading, I'll be listening to something and I'll have the football on in the background. I think the football at the moment serves a purpose in that it allows me to focus on something else and allows me to get my eyes away from a book or a screen, uh, the phone screen. You know, I'm constantly reading news on, on the phone. I think that's something I need to sort out. I can't get enough. Actually, although I don't like... Well, I'm not, as I say, I could live without watching a football match, but I read plenty of football news every day. That's how I get my fix. I'm on a number of sites every day and uh, boxing sites as well, doing most of that on the phone. Terrible for the eyes, really need to uh, nail that. Uh, On the books, reading The Wonder by Diana Evans. I've had this book since before the pandemic, renewed 17 times, can't be renewed again. I'm not sure if it's Wandsworth Library or Southwark Library. I'm not sure which one it needs to be returned to. So can't complain there. It's reasonable. I've renewed it 17 times. Time to read it, time to return it back to its rightful place. Not sure that, hard swallow, not sure it's my kind of book, but I am sticking with it. It's set in West London, but has multiple timelines, including the story of Lucas's dad in the Caribbean, Lucas being one of the main characters, written in 2010. There are elements of it that I really like, uh, such as the two of the main characters living on a canal boat in West London. That is something that's always appealed to the romantic in me, though I'd be useless at all the maintenance required when you live on a canal boat. The security issues would also uh, bother me and uh, the fact that every now and then you have to move the boats to different moorings. I mean, I can't drive. I'm, I don't think I'd be able to uh, steer a boat. Absolutely not. I don't think that's something I'd have in me. The blurb for the book, as a child, Lucas thought that all children who'd lost their parents lived on water. Now a restless young man still living with his sister Denise on their West London narrowboat, he determines to find out more about the unexplained disappearance of his father, the charismatic Jamaican dancer Anthony Mateus. Thus unfolds a journey from 50s Kingston to 60s Notting Hill and the host of unforgettable characters who peopled Anthony's theatrical world, most importantly Carla, Lucas's mother. The result is a haunting family saga of absence and inheritance, the battle between love and creativity and what drives a young man to take flight. Sounds like it might be worth uh, sticking with. On the dreams front, a couple of dreams that stood out. The first one's a bit vague, but it did feature the Fonz, not Henry Winkler, the Fonz, but my Fonz, the guy that I worked with on uh, around Christmas 2009, who was the most popular nine-to-fiver I've ever seen. Lovely guy, but it was just so embarrassing for me to be sat next to him while his desk accumulated something like a 100 Christmas cards. At one point, he wasn't even in, and the cards just kept coming, and I didn't have any cards. I was a temp. I think I'd got two cards from two of the quartet that I worked with, but uh, I'm really surprised that the Fonz never made it into my advent calendar 
that I recorded for Holtfast Network. Really surprised about that because that was recorded five years after my Christmas with the Fonz and he really did deserve an episode. The other dream was a, a strange one and a more vivid one. This was on Friday night, Saturday morning. I was in Streatham with former Birmingham, Everton and Spurs left-back psycho Pat Vanden Howe. He was helping me to to, uh, to get a refund on my aunt's bra. This involved, once we were in Streatham, that is, this involved turning off the main road and heading into a forest. There we tried to shoot a bear. We failed. And then as we made our escape from the bear, we were then chased out of the forest by a giant hirsute phallus, which I tried to fight off with my aunt's bra. I think a dream analyst would possibly posit that the dream is somehow linked to the poor downloads for this show. I suspect that's what they'd say. You're listening to episode 362 of Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Your host under these seven layers now getting a little sweaty. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all the work at Daniel Ruiz Tyson. Com. There are PayPal and Coffee.com links on there. If you don't want to support the show on Patreon, you can make one-off donations via those links on my website. There is, of course, the Patreon page, the aforementioned Patreon page that does keep this show coming back, patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Appreciate those of you who continue to support this podcast. Plenty of bonus content on there. A Howard Hughes shout-out to... Uh, uh, Phil D. Schultz, Phil, a recurring guest on my daily advent calendar, Daniel Ruiz Tyson's advent calendar, download via Hullfast Network or Apple Podcast. You can catch myself and Phil on there. Uh, a guest appearance as well from a, a certain man who'll be mentioned uh, later in the show. Let's just... Uh, Let's just uh, keep him on the edge of his seat here as he uh, listens to this show. Uh, I had my booster on Wednesday, as I said. I had a morning slot. I turned up in good time. This being Stockwell, there was a classic Stockwell thing where they decided to abandon the times and just have a free-for-all. When I questioned this, because I said, well, look, if I'd known this was going to be the case, I'd have turned up earlier because I found myself at the back of a very long queue. I had a doctor's appointment that morning as well, so I was on a really tight schedule. I said, you should have let people know that you weren't going to be seeing people by the uh, their allotted times. You should have let people know there was a change. I think I was being reasonable. And all they could say is, well, where you know the emphasis is on getting... Uh, people, as many people jabbed as possible, which is fair enough, but just communicate this properly. To further sour my mood, there was a gentleman there who'd started a parallel queue, which was really confusing. And even though once I checked with him, if he was in the queue and he told me, yes, he was, but that's where he was standing. So I didn't know where to stand. And then people were standing behind us. So there were two queues going on. I said to him, I'm going to join that queue. You're just confusing things here. He continued to stay where he was, just uh, a real awkward bugger in his um, early 60s. No, I'd say mid 60s, mid to late 60s. Also wouldn't put his mask on until he stepped inside 
the pharmacy. So I think he was he was the equivalent, really, the vaccine cure equivalent of the cool teacher who will rather you know will, will sit on the desk rather than on a chair, or will turn a chair around and and sit with their legs straddling uh, the chair as they try to connect with their students and pass themselves off as uh, very cool. As you got uh, went into the pharmacy, as you went into the pharmacy, there were two stations, no, three. So you kept, you'd sit in one chair. Then when someone came out, you'd progress to the next chair and then the next chair. And then you're meant to stay after your booster. You're meant to, you were meant to stay there for 15 minutes in another room. I couldn't because I had my doctor's appointment because they'd wasted my time. I wasn't jabbed till 1100 hours. My appointment was at 1020 hours. So they'd wasted my morning. And so I just stayed in that uh, waiting room for five minutes and then I left. I'd worn too many tops. I had four tops on plus the winter coat. I'd undone the winter coat. I removed my jumper, the outer layer, leaving myself with three layers on, one of which the the external layer, the third layer, was uh, my thermal undershirt. And this meant that I'd completely forgotten how high up the arm the jab goes. So the vaccinator was struggling to roll my sleeve all the way up to the shoulder. I said to her, look, it might just be easy if I take it off. And she was saying, no, I've, I've, I've got it now. I think I've got it. Relax your arm. I couldn't relax my arm easily because she was cutting off the blood in my arm, having rolled up three tops to, to, to my shoulder. I could hear the stitching going on that particular arm. I, I'd gone for the right arm because of the problems I'm having with my left arm. She gave me the jab. It was a sharp one, I think, because I'd made it difficult for her. I really should have removed the uh, the thermal undershirt as well. And I had a restless night. The arm felt very bruised. And then the following day, I felt very sluggish. As I said earlier, the run wasn't great on Friday morning. I don't know if uh, that was in some way connected to the booster. I'm not sure it was. But the important thing is I, I, I got my jab. I just wish that uh, once they changed or done away with the appointment times, I wish they'd communicated that. Uh, Not even properly, just communicated that. They didn't communicate that. It's such a South London thing to do. Dermatology-related visual this week that I really um, uh, took some satisfaction from seeing. Wednesday, the 1st of December, 1751 hours, southbound bus on my way home from the cafe. Upper deck, a man sat two rows ahead of me, window seat, shaved scalp, a couple of visible moles on the scalp. I enjoyed looking at them. A particular favourite for me is actually the sebaceous nevus. It's a scalp nevus that features nodules, often of a a, a blue-grey hue. Those really do fascinate me, and I do enjoy watching those being removed on uh, YouTube videos. Uh, Nectar points. Let me give you this week's nectar points, which involve getting a refund on oranges. Uh, There's a shortage of uh, single oranges, these single large oranges in Sainsbury's. I'm handling this receipt carefully because the uh, customer services desk woman handled it. And, uh, you know, just right now with Omicron going around, you're you're worried about um, touching anything. So I'll wash my hands uh, once I finish this uh, show. So there's a shortage of oranges. Notice that in Sainsbury's middle of last week. I saw a pack of five oranges, small ones, and they were priced at 75p. When I went to the self-checkout, I was charged £1.50 for them. So I thought I'm not paying £1.50 for midget oranges. So I had to go to the customer services desk to get a refund. I'll, I'll see if that impacted on my 
Nectar points. Points reclaimed. I think they did take that point off me. Let me just check. Yeah, they did. Incredible. Very tight. Um, That's thrown me. Okay, so I bought uh, two... Uh, two cartons of long life milk again a shortage of semi-skimmed milk I didn't fancy carrying a six pint at home I bought another yogurt bought some thick uh, bleach what's this Domestos this is really confusing now Domestos I'm not sure what Domestos is oh I think I know what that is yeah Okay. Uh, bought some mixed chili beans. Uh, bought some blueberries. There's the oranges, £1.50 that I got refunded on. I bought one beef and onion pie, one steak and kidney pie. Good expiry dates on them. I think I bought two fair trade loose bananas for 24p and the usual hauls, sugar-free lozenges. Came to £9.76. Previous points balance was 518, earned nine points. That gave me a new points balance of 527, worth £2.63. That was, of course, before I got a refund on the oranges. So my closing balance is 526 points. And uh, what was that sound there? I don't know what that sound was. I'm just trying to see, did I buy anything else? No. Okay, uh, my eBay buying and selling's not going well. The auctions haven't sold. I turned down one offer, which really maybe I should have taken just to get the ball rolling. But I think what I'm going to do with the... I haven't put all of the action figures up, but I think what I'm going to do is do a few bite nows, see if that gets uh, things going and establishes myself as a... establishes me as a, a seller of Star Wars vintage action figures on there it just takes so long just just to do one action figure just to do all the blurb and the condition of the figure i don't think i need to worry about the condition of the figures too much except there's a, an original lando Carrician that i bought who's quite loose limbed he wouldn't make the grade for star wars football let's say you know i don't really like the loose limbed characters for star wars football if they're gonna get loose they can do it during their football career, but it's very hard for a, a loose-limbed action figure to establish themselves in Star Wars football. I think that's possibly the reason why Greedo at uh, Bespin uh, has struggled to establish himself as well. I've always been disappointed with how loose he was. Okay, so Star Wars football this week's been a really, really busy week. The FA Cup quarterfinals started on Tuesday, the 30th of November. Bespin unbeaten in 15 games or 14 games going into that game. They travelled to second division Lothu Minor and beat them 4-1, 2-1 at half time. It was fairly comfortable in the end for a second string Bespin side and uh, Empire among the favourites for the Cup. They had a home tie against Aldron and they were comfortably beaten by Aldron. Really, really good performance by Aldron. Logre, the Ewok, man of the match. He's not a regular in the team, but that was his best performance since coming to Aldron, even. Let me get my words right. And it was a game when some of the fringe members of the Aldron squad really put in some very strong performances. Nikto was in defence alongside Hammerhead. He was excellent. Uh, Leia... Scored for Aldron, a B-Wing pilot had scored their opening goal. So Aldron, who haven't won the FA Cup in the Silver Age, mind you, neither have Empire. Empire have actually never won it. 
Aldron move into the semi-finals. Uh, the uh, both assists were from Snaggletooth, who put in a very good performance. Very, uh, very impressed with Aldron, I have to say. Meantime, Hosnian Prime again, second division side. They pushed a very weakened X-Wing side. X-Wing, who are now in three semifinals this season, they beat Hosnian Prime 3-2. And X-Wing also got the League Cup semifinals this week against Tatooine. They won 3-2 at Hosnian Prime to again progress to the FA Cup semifinals. They were knocked out by Tatooine 2-0 last season as Tatooine claimed their second double, domestic double. Meantime, the holders, Tatooine, looking to make it three consecutive FA Cups. They travelled to Neighbours Rebels and Rebels ended Tatooine's bid for that third consecutive FA Cup success with a 2-0 victory. The first goal, somewhat controversial, VAR play there. It looked like an offside, then it wasn't an offside. It was a goal from Scout, but ZX Infantryman had also beaten the offside trap. Took a while to determine whether that was a goal. I think Allowing the goal was the right decision. The delay, though, was disappointing. And then there was a, a soft goal conceded by Major in the Tatooine goal as Barada notched his fourth goal of the season. The young midfielder, again, a very impressive presence in that three-man Rebels midfield, although Endor Solo, one of that triumvirate, had a disappointing performance. And uh, although he assisted in the first goal, he was uh, uh, taken off uh, early in the second half. You wonder whether that will prove a watershed moment for Rebels as much as Silver Age Season 2, the League Cup win for Tatooine at Rebels in, uh, was it early? No, in late 2019. That was a real watershed moment for Tatooine. They just finished bottom of the uh, their league group that season. That was the old league format prior to Silver Age Season 3. And that win at Rebels in uh, late 2019, it led to an 18-game unbeaten run as Tatooine reached three finals, winning two, losing the other on penalties. Will Rebels win over Tatooine last week? Do the same for them. That was on uh, Friday. That was a real Friday night game. That's the big night of Star Wars football. Tatooine, meanwhile, I forgot to say last week, they're still unbeaten in the Champions League for the last 19 games. They'll be disappointed that this loss at Rebels came after their best performance of the season in that 1-0 home win in the Champions League quarterfinal second leg at home to uh, Mandalay. The FA Cup semi-final draw, let me bring that to you before I give you the Christmas Cup draw. It's uh, Rebels play Bespin, that's at Alderaan, and meanwhile at Sandy Lane, the home of Tatooine, X-Wing face Alderaan in a derby. There have been derbies in every round of the FA Cup this uh, this season, keeps things spicy. It's interesting to me anyway that three of the four semi-finalists this season, FA Cup semi-finalists, have no European commitments this season, fresh legs and all that. Meantime, the draw for the Christmas Cup had taken place on the 1st of December, Death Star, the only side among the eight First Division sides not to have reached the semi-finals in the Silver Age. There is another derby in the draw as well. Let me bring you uh, the draw and the first results from the Christmas Cup. Bespin at home to Alderaan. These are two-legged matches. X-Wing at home to Rebels. Uh, that could be a dress rehearsal for the uh, for the FA Cup final, as could Bespin Alderaan, actually. Uh, Tatooine at home to Death Star. So that's a difficult one for Death Star and uh, a derby, another derby uh, for Hoth and Empire, who've now met in three competitions this season or two. I'm not sure. Okay. 
right, let me bring you the, um, oh, I've just given you the draw. What am I talking about? What I need to do is bring you the first results from the Christmas Cup. I was meant to play two games today as well. I played two Christmas Cup quarterfinal games yesterday. I don't think I'll have time for two today. Bespin, nil, Alderaan, nil. Now, that's a good result for Alderaan, but at the same time, they didn't get an away goal. If Bespin get an away goal in the second leg, that could make things tricky for Alderaan. And Hoth, Empire. The week goes from bad to worse for Empire. Hoth smashed them by three goals to nil. First couple of goals, very fortunate. A rare mistake from General Riken in the Empire goal, but no mistake in the second half performance as Hoth took complete control as they made their bid to come back from the disastrous 5-1 defeat uh, last week to, uh, was it Zepho, I think, in the Champions League? I think it was Zepho. It was, yes. Now, of course, you could look at uh, Hoth had a three-goal advantage going into that second leg against Empire at Empire, but of course, Hoth had a three-goal advantage going into that second leg at Zepho, and we all know there what happened. This week's at Trips to the Café, now, it looks like this is going to be another long show. What am I? 33 minutes now. Okay, let's see. Let's push on. Right. This week's Cafe Chronicles. I'll begin them by saying there was no hand washing the gents all the way through from Monday to Friday. It was as if the pandemic had never happened. The I'll swallow the cafe's hand wash dispenser is the hand wash equivalent of Mickey Boyd in the audio world. There's little that's changed. It's as if we're still in 2010. Let's just pause. Let's give that egomaniac time to pull over, undo the seatbelt, and replay that mention. Let that Mickey Boyd sink in for the 44-inch chested man. I forgot to say, by the way, the Christmas lights have been up in the cafe for at least a couple of weeks. Now there's a basket on the counter, a hamper, uh, full of cheeses and wines. I didn't look too long at the hamper because I didn't want them to think that I was uh, hungry or, or I didn't want them to think that they could sell me a raffle ticket. I wouldn't enter anyway because imagine if I won the hamper with my frugal orders, then I'd also have to arrange transport to get the hamper home. It would confirm to the waiters that I don't drive. It'd just be too messy. And what am I going to do with all that? alcohol. Last Monday, the 29th of November, bad timing on my part with the beard. He was busy that afternoon. I was struggling to get my second latte. These days with the toilet table gone, I have half the cafe action going on behind me. I placed my order with him when he was rushed off his feet. That's something for me to to be aware of. I'm also aware of the fact that, uh, you know, with the hotels now in SW8, there's a couple of hotels within two minutes of the cafe, which is just so weird to have hotels in Vauxhall. And you've now got, uh, well, it's been the case for a while, you get tourists coming into the cafe, which just accentuates that danger, that, that pandemic era danger, doesn't it? Full of the hard swallows today. More and more Orientals as well coming into uh the cafe they are of course an established part of the new sw8 now so it's nice to see and i was speaking about that community with a space daddy on 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 saturday and there are so many chinese and japanese students now in the area occupying the towers but normally you see them on wandsworth road nine elms but you very rarely see them on that side of sw8 south lambeth road it's as if there was no curiosity in exploring that side of the road 
uh, that side of the uh, the postcode, but they're now venturing in, and a uh, few of them are enjoying the cafe. And if only the rest of the country could observe the mask rules as well as this new addition to the SW8 community. They're phenomenal with their masks. I've got to say, I really do uh, admire that. But as I say, the first few years of the influx, and it has been an influx because they are a big community now in the area, uh, coming here on their parents' money and and, and taking up uh, their spaces on all the new towers, in all the new towers that have cropped up. But uh, it was just strange that you would never see them on South Lambeth Road. So it's good to see them mixing uh, a bit more now. On Wednesday, the 1st of December, Argentina 78 arrived late. I was doing a late one in the cafe. I prefer the late afternoon winter writing sessions, I have to say. It's dark out there, and rather than being at home feeling glum, my, my day peaks later by switching the writing to the afternoon. And I was in the cafe that afternoon. It was gone, I think, 1,700 hours. I felt a tap on my shoulder. I looked up. I did a double take. It was Argentina 78 in a sharp suit that was at least a decade old. All the swimming, all he swimming meant he could easily fit into it. He's very lithe. He told me he had his first meeting in three years later that evening uh, for his uh, legal work. He was having a couple of pints of Superbock to prepare for the meeting. What a pro. Old school. It was a black pinstriped suit, a pink tie, very large knot, not tightly done. Pink socks to match the tie. I hope it went well for him. Hope he had some strong mints too to counter the Superbock smell. That day... That afternoon, I picked up on a strong scent of animal at Not Mixed Table. I was guessing that someone who'd sat there previously that day maybe had a pet, a dog, or a cat. Certainly, every house I've been in where there's a dog, I don't think owners are aware of it, but the smell of dog will always hit you. There's no getting away from it, no matter how clean someone's dog is. And late in life, I've developed something of an allergy to to. Uh, dogs or when I visited places with dogs just recently in fact I've spent the night and the following day wheezing the loud guy with a phone well the guy who has his phone on loud no no earphones middle-aged guy so it's a strange thing it's I think the middle-aged are a bit more guilty when it comes to that than the younger generation playing their phone loud in public places just where earphones you're part of the generation that grew up with earphones with headphones in the 80s suddenly you don't want to use the headphones what i have to listen to your phone and this guy's always playing stuff from youtube on his phone really loud and you just think this guy thinks he's in his front room and i think there's going to be a clash at some point that's going to lead to some trouble he's attracting some attention now i think people are are, are aware of just how noisy he is with his phone and uh, tempers can be short in there the uh, head man of sw8 and his partner were in again that afternoon long established gay couple in sw8 who fight like my aunt and uncle you're not 28 anymore said the raconteur half of the relationship to the head man the raconteur is someone whose schedule always seems to be pretty free. And I do remember back in 2014 when the cafe was haunted by a regular raconteur, irregular rather, with curly hair and a a beard, early 30s at the time, and he would strike up conversations from his table. Didn't matter if the other raconteur was on the other side of the cafe, they'd just talk across everyone, both loving their 
the sound of their own voices and uh, this uh, the raconteur half of uh, the SW8 couple engaged with that raconteur who thankfully hasn't been seen in the cafe anymore since 2014 and that gave me an insight into how he is someone who really does like engaging with people whereas the head man of SW8 is a bit more reserved so they were arguing again I, I never see them together without arguing there's always something going on between the two I, I, I don't know how they manage to stay together Thursday, 2nd of December, the cafe was a little quiet around lunchtime. I was at Not Mixed Table. Daffy Duck was in. Another Portuguese woman came in, tracksuited, early 60s, I think. Hard to tell sometimes because the smoking prematurely ages them. She'd had some work done on the lips too, reality show lips, which always look a bit strange. I was staggered, though, that she also had a Daffy Duck voice. Normally, I can work through any noise in there. Even the middle-aged guy with his loud phone... I can just about focus on my work, even with him. But this uh, Daffy Duck off last week really did affect my focus in the cafe. I had a very good writing session on Friday afternoon in there. And as I leant back, I was resting my head on the wall at Not Mixed Table. And I realized two things. I realized I couldn't do this at the old toilet table because the gap there between the table and the wall by the waft in swing saloon doors was a little too capacious. And the second thing was, okay, I can lean my head against the wall, but how many other customers do that sat here too? What if not Mick does it? I'll be carrying the germs from the wall, resting my head against my pillow at night, transferring those cafe germs. I wash my hair twice a week. That won't be enough anymore if I keep up the scalp on the wall lean. I need to, uh, I need to address this urgently. As I left the cafe on Friday, I wish the currently erstwhile but soon to be back mullet a nice weekend. He'll always have the mullet returning. It's his favourite look. I didn't have any plans to return to the cafe on Saturday, but if I did, I I wonder if he'd have remembered I'd wished him a nice weekend on the Friday. Might he have uh, considered then what had changed my mind about my coming in on the weekend? That's uh, this week's cafe trips. Uh, The week's internet searches then saline rinse james lovegrove sherlock holmes and the three winter terrors that's the new festive pastiche homes this year only available in hardback you know how i feel about hardbacks not buying them reserved a copy from the library wandsworth library yeah i've reserved it from wandsworth library to pick up at battersea should have done that sooner as all wandsworth copies have already been borrowed so i'd be getting the book Eventually, secondhand increases the dangers of COVID, of course. Continuing with my uh, searches, Teddy Atlas, Tiafimo Lopez. That's uh, the esteemed boxing trainer, Teddy Atlas, laying into Tiafimo Lopez's dad after the disastrous uh, loss on points to George Cambosos last week. Everything but the girl wrong. Tracy Thorne, one of the great female singers in well British music history, I'd say pop history. What a great voice she's got. Hyperlinear Palms, Talib Quelly and High Tech The Blast. That might have featured last week too. Jack the Ripper Tour. There was a new uh, video on there. I think it was just I think I mentioned that last week. I didn't get around to watching it until the middle of last week. La Soiree by David Oradini, the big match theme tune. This is something I had to look into ahead of uh, Monday morning's interview with the uh, big match producer, which actually turned up uh, a nice little Twitter mystery when uh, people following the shorts were short Twitter accounts 
saw that I was or read that I was uh, interviewing this uh, producer, they posted a picture from uh, from the aftermath of the 77 FA Cup final with the victorious Manchester United captain Martin Buchan. And there's a suited guy behind Martin Buchan that no one knows who that is. And they've been trying apparently for a long time, trying to resolve it. I checked the Man U team pictures for 76, 77. I couldn't really see anyone on there that might have been the mystery man. And someone on Twitter said, I've heard that it might be someone from the ITV crew. So uh, I emailed the big match producer on Friday evening. He came back to me on Saturday afternoon to say, yes, he knows who it is. It's a good story and he'll reveal it on the show. So uh, that's a bit of rare Twitter magic. It can be a, a toxic platform, but every now and then it throws up a moment like that that reminds you why you fell in love with it in the late noughties. Continuing or finally uh, wrapping up the internet uh, searches, shave excision biopsy, that's been on there before, dysplastic nevus, adjuminated nevus, discoid lupus, sort of finishing on a bunch of uh, demoscopy searches. And that is it. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson and this start of the week I have been available. <laughs>